welcome back to season two, <laughs> better than ever and stupider than ever. Welcome back to season two of Tales from a Teapot. I'm your host, Mike Jaddy. Joining me as always, my co-host and friend, Jay Friesen. Hello, Jay, everyone. we are back. I'm we excited. Are, are you excited, you Jay? I am. It's strangely weird to be sitting back in my closet recording another podcast. It's It's been a while. It's been... Um, I've had some withdrawal, Jay. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Um but uh, let me ask you, what, what, have been, what have you been up to? What's been, what's the off season been like for you? Uh, the off season's been pretty good. I mean, this is the first year that I had a simulator in my garage, Michael. Wow. And so that was new. Playing um, simulated golf when the snow was falling outside my garage was pretty cool. So kept myself entertained and was able to swing all year round. So yeah, yeah. so we got we to gotta talk about that because that's, that's a significant thing. In, in the off season for not only for you, there's a few guys now that in our circle of friends that mm-hmm. have put that in. So that's a, you know, significant event of the off season for, for our group. And I feel like we got to dive into that a little bit. Well, as we know, I think we talked about it last year that Steven celebrate was the first person to do this. And he kind of advertised some of his skills at the Tempest. And some people were quite impressed with the progression that he made from the simulator. Now, the funny thing is it took Steve a while to get to that point. I had been kind of following his progress. So I knew that it wasn't like put the sim in a month later, he's performing great on the course he actually struggled out on the course at first and was having a really difficult time taking the simulator game out to the course but then at the tempest last year it just kind of all clicked for him and he was hitting majestic shots and so he impressed uh quite a few people and in particular one matthew sharp who Mm -hmm. then kind of i think started you know it started brewing in his head this idea of maybe i should invest in one of these too and of course, he now is a proud owner of a Skytrack and a Spornia net and the whole uh, rundown of what Steve kind of Steve kind of put together the mold, the original uh, prototype, so to speak. And uh, a couple of us have benefited from his uh, ingenuity. Yeah, you know what? His you could definitely see a swing, a difference in his swing at the Tempest, and it was it was clear. And I think at that point. He had hit something like six or seven thousand balls. Like he had been playing a lot, and you could see a a big difference in his in his game. Um, so yeah, so that was that was good. What was your takeaway of twenty twenty one season of golf for you? Any is there anything that that you thought was good, bad, indifferent? Any any takeaways? The golf in general, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I guess just nothing really that we haven't talked about on this podcast already. My big takeaway was just we had one terrific year last year for the Tempest. That was kind of summed it up for me. I mean, the rest was all kind of gravy. <clears throat> yeah, you know what? The thing for me was, um, as I was thinking back about it, was we had some injuries. Like, we had some we had some injuries to battle through, right? Like, you, well, you we're started older, off Mike. with, you were injuries, you, you got your injured back. That's true. Right? And the Tempest was i knew that you weren't going to miss it but it was your performance was kind of in question you weren't sure 
how your back was going to hold up. Mm-hmm. And then at the Tempest, we had, you know, Scotty and um, Jeff with the cart issue, the cart incidents, and they got <laughs> injured with that. And then the I got injured my very last round uh, of the year with you, actually. We were playing at Interkip, and I just... I, I just happened to just kind of bend down to put my tee in the ground and it felt like I got shot in the <laughs> hip and uh, it was kind of like the, the Forrest Gump, you know, so, ah, something bit me moment, you know, um, and I don't know what happened and that was it. Like that was, that well, was I the... know, I know what happened, Mike, it's <laughs> called getting old. I mean, we're not talking about injuries where you're going after a ball near a tree stump and you're like, I'm just going to go for it. You wrap your club around it and injure your wrist in a heroic move or, you know, trying to pull off some fantastic shot you just injured your hip trying to put a tee in the ground that's right so and that, it, that's where i'm going with this though right it, it just it kind of kind of clicked for me that we are getting older um and yeah like simple things is like putting a you know setting a tee in the ground and teeing up your ball is like ah, oh, that hurt now i will say i know that you don't think this is true but I don't believe that my steady diet of Cadbury mini eggs has anything to do with this whatsoever. I just <laughs> no, want to put yeah. that out there, right? And if Cadbury, <laughs> if anybody from Cadbury is listening, I'm, you know, if you want to sponsor me, I'm, I'm all for it. So I love my Cadbury mini eggs. Just putting oh, that out I, there. You do. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how you maintain the physique that you have <laughs> well, it's, and pound it's back gift, those really. those eggs. It's <laughs> just incredible. Oh, uh, all, so all kidding aside, though, like COVID. You know, this whole COVID thing has been, golf through COVID has been really interesting. A lot of things have changed on golf courses. A lot of, um, you know, it's just been different. And I think, you know, you getting the sim and Steven getting the sim and Matt having the sim, I think a lot of that has to do, I kind of, you know, has to do with pandemic a little bit too. You know, I think that has, you know, that, I think that has something to do with it. Any any thoughts on that? Well, I know for Stephen, it was certainly for he, he felt like it was a lifesaver last year, because if you remember last year, we were interviewing Doug Breen about the delay of openings for golf courses. Right. right. So Steve couldn't have got his sim. His was up and running by then. So he couldn't have got it at a better time. And uh, so he you know, he was able to golf at the beginning of the season, even though the courses didn't open till May, I believe, last year, sometime in May. Yeah, it was late. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know if it was as much the pandemic, but it's just, it's a huge benefit being able to play all year for someone who loves golf. Uh, simulators are so much more accessible now than what they used to be in terms of the cost and even the space that you need. It can be done in a much smaller space as well. Uh, so for me, it's less pandemic and just more accessibility that allowed uh, this to happen. And in fact, until Steve kind of opened up my eyes, I, di- I didn't really think it was possible. I thought I had too small of a space in my garage, thought it would cost too much, um, and but I was proven wrong, thankfully. Yeah. That led to a lot of things. Like, so Steve and I not only play, and we play together online, which is cool, um, but we also, we joined a VGA Tour League online too. So Steve found this, this league, I think it costs $30 American to join. And basically they run like a mini PGA tour uh, for this, the group of guys that have signed up and you play like a typical tour stop is two rounds and you play your two rounds at some point through the week. And then they have a handicap system so everyone can compete. 
and then majors are three rounds and you collect FedEx cup points and all that wonderful stuff. So it was fun. I mean, we went, um, it, it lasted, it just ended like two weeks ago. Uh, Steve actually made the top five for wow. finished in the FedEx cup uh, race at the top five. I finished just outside the top 10. So I actually didn't qualify for the final event. I finished in 11th, which was a bit of a heartbreak, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That's, you know what? And I, I did enjoy getting your, uh, uh, scorecards texted to me every every time you guys get out there got out there and you know you were scoring in the 70s and low to mid 70s consistently and steven was a beast uh so he's beastly now uh beastly steven so yeah so that <laughs> actually is rolling his eyes as he listens to this right now and i, I don't care i don't care he's what saying he no says. no i'm not i don't care I'm what not. he says he is beastly he i don't have a simulator but there is a golf simulator place not far from my house and this winter getting all that text from you guys and hearing you guys talk about it kind of motivated me to kind of get out there and and try it out because i had never tried it before Mm. and oh my goodness what a what a fiasco the i just i could not get the yardage of my clubs there was such a difference such a big gap between what i could hit on the course versus what was happening on the sim and it was driving me nuts it was an absolute fiasco mm-hmm. so and then i remember talking to you about it and you're like oh yeah that's a, that's a thing that's a that's a mm-hmm. real thing yeah so a lot of guys go through that like so steve and i have joined some facebook groups and we're in uh, on a discord group as well and you'll hear guys talk about indoor swing syndrome and i tried to explain this to uh, matt sharp ahead of time too and it's one of those things you can be told that oh yeah you can expect this it's kind of like becoming a parent right everyone tells you you can expect that you're going to get very little sleep and go enjoy your free nights now and that kind of thing but then you can't really appreciate it until you actually do it and indoor swing syndrome is a thing you just i can't explain it i don't know why it happens but psychologically you just don't have the freedom to swing like you normally would outside i think your brain is just telling you wait you're inside you shouldn't be swinging a golf club. And so you don't follow through. You don't put the same move on an action on the ball. And as a result, you don't get the distances. And then our first response is typically, oh, the simulator is, isn't working. Uh, the simulator is garbage, right? Like it, it's, not, it's not giving me accurate results. When in reality, we're just not swinging the same. And so I went through it. Steve went through it. I know Matt Sharp went through it. Uh, but then pretty quickly you get used to your space your brain gets trained and all of a sudden those yardages that you you expect to see start coming out and then the really cool thing is over time those yardages slowly increase as well because you become a better striker of the golf ball with so much practice so it is a process and for anyone who is going out to a simulator or thinking about putting a simulator in their own space just expect that to happen and and you will get over it it will come around yeah, and you know what? It, it uh, now I've I've had a chance to play at Sharp's place a, a few times now, and the last time that I played there, it it was kind of back to I was back to the normal distances that I'm used to seeing on from my club. So it does it does take a little while, but man oh man, that first few first couple of few rounds, it was just it was rough. It was so frustrating. And then the putting, that's that's the other thing too, right? The putting is another element of that where you can't, you know, I, I, I love putting. Putting is probably the best part of my game. And 
there's there's a feel you get you get a feel for putting you get a feel for the green and you don't you don't have that right mm-hmm. so it's hard um, yeah but, everything's numbers right so you can't see it you can't visualize the depth and the distance you have to trust the data that the computer is giving you so right. when it says you have a 30 foot putt well what does that mean right we're so used to seeing 30 feet but we really didn't know it was 30 feet we just have that feeling or that you know that vision from our eyes telling our brain how far it is but after a while you can train your brain to go oh with 30 feet i hit it this far i take the putter this far back and interestingly enough michael i always said to steve i'm like there is no way that this can help your short game and i still believe that you know it's a bit of a stretch to say it can really help your short game but I do believe it's helped my chipping and putting, believe it or not, even a little bit. Because now when I go out to a putting green before the round starts, I will pace off 20-foot putts, 30-foot putts, and I will hit what my simulator 30-foot putt is and see how far it goes. If it comes up short, I know, okay, those greens are running slower compared to what my simulation normally is, and I have to hit it a little harder. If it obviously goes right to the cup, I know, okay, wow, it's going to be about the same as in the sim. Or if it goes too far past, I know the greens are running faster, right? So it's not it's not the perfect practice by any means, but it gives you a gauge that you can kind of then work around. So I actually am pleasantly surprised that I think it's actually helped my short game as well. I, I, I saw you do that last year, near the end of last year, a few times. And I was like, what is he doing? Uh, but yeah, it definitely works. And nothing else having that ability to swing all winter long and you know where we are our, our winters are long um way too oh, long yeah. in my in my opinion but um so having the ability to be able to get out there swing and have your golf swing be at its kind of your at its peak when the seasons actually starts i think is, is a huge huge benefit and help and it's mm. been fun. It's been fun with, you know, we got a chance to play. Matt and I played you and you and Steven online. Um, it was different, but it was fun. It was, it was fun to still get out there with, you know, with you guys and hang out and, and banter and joke around. And so it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm, so for sure, let me ask you, um, with the sim now, and you, you having the sim, spending so much time on it, um, I know you're a big YouTube guy as far as like lessons and like looking at different tips and stuff like that. Are you still doing that or are you relying (laughs) more on the analytics from the sim? You know, I am Michael. So in January, at the beginning of the year, I was talking to, to Steve again. And I, like you said, I've watched YouTube golf videos for a long time. It's kind of been a hobby of mine. And I was either, even just equipment reviews. I started back when Mark Crossfield was like king of the hill kind of thing and and hitting, you know, he would give lessons out of his little driving range bay. And I always thought it was so great. And I always also thought, I, I was always a little envious too, not only of his golf game, but his ability to do that. I'm like, oh, that would be so cool to do videos like that. And so I was kind of talking to Steve late December and I had this, I'm like, you know, I could do that kind of like, what if I did a channel to, to see if I could improve just using YouTube content? That was kind of the premise, like in a cheap way, can I improve and work in the sim and, and post videos? And I had no idea if, you know, people would be interested or anything like this, but 
I also video edit. I have for a long time as a hobby. And so, you know, I was kind of bored looking for something to do. And I thought, why not? And so I filmed an introduction and created a channel called Golf Quest. And the link for it's going to be in the description uh, to the podcast so you can check it out. Uh, and I just started posting videos. And the first video was an introduction saying what we were all about. I set some goals for myself on the channel, talking about improving my driving. I think one of them was to win a VGA Tour event. And another one was to drop my, my real-life handicap to single digits for the first time. Uh, so it's kind of a year-round goal. And then I just I started researching about how to grow a YouTube channel. And, and not that I'm a big social media guy, because I'm not, but I do like the challenge of trying to grow something and, and trying to make something appealing to other people. So I just started producing videos and trying different things. And that was, I released the first video January 1st. It was the first day of the new year. Uh, and now today we're May 11th and currently we're at 747 subscribers. Nice. So it's growing. It's not maybe, it's not booming by any means, but it's, it's doing okay. Uh, and I'm really trying to, to get to a thousand before the summer, which I'm starting to lose hope a little bit uh, because we're middle of May and that only gives me about a month and a half, but trying to do that. And oh, we've done all sorts of th different things. I've done some different reviews on training aids. I put some of my VGA tour rounds on there. I've talked about different channels and how they're influencing my golf game. Um, recently, I just posted my first round outside after the sim. So we I did shot tracers and tracked the whole round. And that was an interesting experience for the first time. So that can be checked out. And I got to say that was a little humbling too, because it was not a pretty round, especially like my first shot of the year, spoiler alert, my first shot of the year hit some sort of building. Uh, it wasn't good, but yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. And I think there's like 33 videos on there or something like that at this point. Um, been a lot of work, but it's been fun. So if you want to check it out, Golf Quest uh, would appreciate a sub from any of the listeners who haven't already subscribed. I remember when you first told me about it and you that you were going to do this. And obviously, I know you love doing video editing and stuff, and I know you're pretty good at it. So I was like, you know, I was, I was excited for you. But I got to be honest, now that we're on the podcast, you know, I got to be be real. and I got to share with my with the listeners here. There was a little bit of part of me that was like, this is going to take away from the podcast. He's going to get too busy but from doing the podcast. But, but... And I and I and I wanted to be involved in the YouTube <laughs> channel, right? So I secretly did. So, <laughs> and you are, I, and actually. I am, I am, I am. So, but I remember I I I got one of your videos that you sent over the link to, and I was checking it out, and I was like, you know what? I want to just record myself, and you know, doing like a impressed look. And just like completely over exaggerating. This this was just supposed to be was meant to be an inside thing just for you, for your eyes right. only. Oh, I was aware. And the next video that popped up, you were like, Hey, did you watch the video? And I'm like, No, what are you talking about? Not yet. He's like, Oh, you, you gotta watch it. And you spliced my face in to your video as you know, as soon as you make a birdie, my face comes up kind of scrolling across the screen. I was like, oh, bugger, that was that was for your eyes only. 
Oh but yeah, that... you're looking looking sharp too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And and I think I'd like to take credit for kind of kickstarting the success of Golf Quest because mm, that was my yeah. little that was my little portion of the the Persian spice as we call it uh, in the inside inside thing here. Um, yeah, I I fully take credit for that and for your success. Um, and I know Stephen feels the same way. <laughs> So we, Stephen and I have finagled our way into being a big, big contributors um, of the Golf Quest Media Group. That's the name that I want to call it. Our, this between the podcast and the YouTube channel, Golf Quest Media Group. I think GQ Media Group. What do you, GQ Media Group. Right? How can you, guys you go are wrong? The best. You guys are the best. <laughs> now, Steve's actually been, yeah. So you've appeared on the channel uh, yeah. as Birdie Man. So every time I make a birdie, you give your nod of approval. And and Steve has actually appeared on the channel as himself. Right. Uh, there is actually one episode where I play Steve online in a uh, random club draw draft challenge. Didn't have the biggest number of views for the channel, but I actually thought it turned out really, really well. And Steve and I have a couple uh, other things planned that we're going to add to the channel as well. And then he also golfed alongside me uh, for the first my first round of the year. So Steve makes an appearance in that video as well. Uh, and you know what's funny? You guys, in a, a lot of ways, you, uh, Steve Celebre, and Matt Sharp are really uh, the reason why the channel's still going. Because even though I started it kind of on my own and on my own volition, and I just thought this would be fun, it, it's a lot of work. And in the early times, I was just like, after about 10 videos or so, I was kind of like, you know what? This is more work than it's worth. And it's it's not even like, I, you know, I, w I was still well under 100 subscribers. And it just, I just, I, I wasn't feeling like the motivation to keep going. And it was kind of right around that time when you guys all were like, no, 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 like, keep going. Like, we love the content. We think you have something here. Like... It's enjoyable to watch and don't worry about the number of subscribers like just keep doing it because it's fun and it'll probably find an audience eventually and i was like oh, okay okay and and that kind of encouraged me i'm like okay well they like it and they seem to be genuine about it and so i kept going and now it's to the point where okay i'm over 500 subscribers i'm approaching a thousand i can get to that you know finish line and then who knows where you go from there but uh, yeah, so it was largely in part to the three of you that I, I'm still doing it. Well, we're we are believers. We were believers right from the very beginning, and you know, there's there's lots of good content on YouTube, um, and there's a lot of content there that the quality is not really that great, but yet people are there's there's subscribers, there's views, and what you were doing, what you were putting out there was was really good. I mean, considering what little you know equipment and and resources that you had at your disposal at the time it was the quality of what you were doing was really really good so that's we were like you got to keep doing it this is great that there is there is something there um so yeah so we've definitely been believers right from the very beginning and um i think there's there's brighter days ahead for golf quest i really i really do feel that way well i hope so and i, I plan to keep it going with definitely plan on bringing some more outdoor content some more course vlogs maybe highlight some courses um and and while i'm highlighting my journey at the same time of trying to drop that handicap and trying to 
talk to the viewers about how YouTube content is affecting my golf swing and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to bring other people onto the channel as well, like get you and Steve and maybe a few other guys uh, who, who want to take part out there and do some challenges, maybe do some scramble stuff. And and on top of it, I, I did kind of secretly think that, hey, if we get close to that thousand subscriber number, I think it would probably be worth highlighting the Tempest. Yeah. At, on the channel right yeah. maybe not every guy who goes to the tempest is going to be comfortable with that and i'm not talking about filming every single shot or anything like that but a highlight reel if you will of some of the action uh i think it would be really cool to kind of document that and to talk about what we do because i think it is a cool tournament yeah. and i think other people would be interested in it to a certain degree so sure. that's and, the kind of the plan going forward and you know what we do have a lot of really interesting and funny characters as well that bring so much to that day there's mm. so much laughter there's so much going on that the content will be good there's, there's no doubt about it there's 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 content there that i think people will definitely enjoy so yeah i i look forward to that uh i look forward to being you know having a, a little bit bitter bigger role in the in the golf quest media group uh company <laughs> and i know i know you're rolling your eyes and you're like you're an idiot don't even do don't even say that but uh, you know I, I listen i'm just throwing it out there i i believe i believe i believe in the golf quest so anyways so jay um that kind of leads us to where are we going with season two of tales from a teapot where where, mm -hmm. where, where do you think that uh, season two is going to kind of take us. Well, now that we're actually and officially back, I think we're going to pick up where we left off, which was year six. And this is the first time we're going to move the event away from Acton. Now, I know we highlighted one event already from Acton because we talked about last year's event, which was the 12th playing of the Tempest. Um, that was kind of our final episode, the recap. But going before that, kind of going through and chronologically um, highlighting the events, we're on year six and the first uh, time we play at Dune Valley Golf Course. So that's going to be the next episode. And I think we're just kind of going to do the same thing. We're going to do year six, seven, eight, nine, building our way to the Tempest 10th which was uh, the big anniversary event and yep. some good stories from there as well. So those that's the main content. And then also, of course, we hope, we don't know exactly how this is gonna look like yet, full disclosure, um, but we hope once we kind of have the roster for this year's Tempest solidified to once again, choose two captains kind of of equal playing potential and have them on the podcast once again draft those teams i thought that went really really well last yeah, year and i think I, a lot I, of guys enjoyed that i do too for sure and as my you know for whatever it's worth obviously you know but my early picks i i think you and celebrity would be a great captaincy this year and i know <laughs> i know steven's like no way not a chance but i think with you two um having the sim Playing head to head as much as you guys have online through the winter, I think that's I think that's a nice little nice little segue into the Tempest captaincy. That's my that's my little pitch. Celebrity has basically said the only way he would consider doing something like that is if he got um, picks kind of stronger picks than me, right? So he he's like I would consider doing that if the picks weren't divided up the way they were. 
So essentially he wants a few extra higher draft picks in order to compensate because he doesn't believe that's an equal matchup. So I don't think that's going to happen, but stay tuned. We'll yeah. see. And yeah, I think just, just throwing it out there, right? I mean, it's it's going to be really tough to beat last year's oh. captaincy, the way that everything kind of played out. I was tempted just to run it again. I know, I know. Like, maybe not the same exact teams, but the same exact captains. That would have been interesting. I don't think we're going to do that, but it certainly would have been an interesting uh, kind of experiment to see what we would get. Because obviously those two captains were very equal and it turned out to be amazing i mean mike who do you think of like who else just off the top of your head we haven't scripted this name two people that are equal in playing ability that could be captains not that they would agree to it but just could be you know what it's funny because i was actually just thinking about this last night and i was thinking you know obviously you know pat is has always has has been captain's a number of times, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's one of the better players. He's one of the best yeah. players on our roster. Well-deserved. Um, but I was thinking, you know what? Jesse and Marcel may be an interesting matchup. Oh, that's interesting. See, right? I thought you were going to say Jesse and Pat, and that's what I had thought. I'm like, so what makes me pause there a little bit is Jesse has only played in the Tempest one time. Right. So he doesn't know the guys as well, and he only got you know experience seeing some of the guys. Now that's only a little bit of the story because we have lots of stats and data, and we can give help and insight to uh, any captain to kind of help them along as well to try to to even that playing field. But I thought you were going to say Pat and Jesse as they played each other last year, uh, but Jesse and Marcel that would be interesting. Of course, the dilemma then in my head would be who plays Pat right because we have to have yeah now having said that there were some guys who are up there with Pat that didn't play last year I'm thinking of like a Tom yeah um I'm thinking about uh a Conte Conte cousin Mike yeah. cousin Mike Mike Conte um he's Steve's cousin by the way for those listeners who wonder why I'm calling him <laughs> cousin Mike he's not my cousin um but yeah so and so there are guys that can compete. So that's interesting because I think you're right. I think Jesse and Marcel. Now, I have no idea. That. Marcel does not strike me as the guy who would be like, you know, wanting the captaincy. I could be completely wrong. I don't know if Marcel listens to the podcast. Marcel, if you're listening, you can send us an email and uh, let us know your thoughts. But I actually think that would be. I like where your head's at. Yeah. That's good. I, 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 was, I, was, I was like. Oh, that would be actually kind of a good one, I think, because their their personalities are are somewhat similar too. They're very they're not like they're pretty calm. Very, mm-hmm. you know, um, both are really really good players. They're you know in the top three or four players that we've got on our roster. Um, but yeah, so the 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 pat factor though would be like we would we'd have to have someone like a Tom or a Conte mm-hmm. um, in. So that oh, you're making that. me think, Mike. This is exciting. Yeah, you know, a little tidbit too. I just learned recently when I put the Tempest email out just a couple of days ago. Marcel got back to me and said, "Oh, I'm excited. You know, he's definitely going to play and he's in and all that." But he also told me he finally updated his irons. Wow. Mike, as good as Marcel is, he was playing with I think it's safe to say like pretty junky irons, like off the shelf at Canadian Tire, Walmart kind of irons for like 
I think he said for a long time, for like 10, 15 years. <laughs> and he's that good with that kind of iron. And I had said to him, like, man, you should, like, upgrade your equipment. You're so good. Imagine how. And he's like, why? Why would I? And I thought yeah. that was a great. I'm like, okay. You, like, wow. Like, he is so confident in his game. But it is working. I'm like, okay. You can't yeah. really argue with it. At the same time, you think with the new technology, where would that take him? Well, he has upgraded his irons. I think he said he has Callaway Rogue irons now. Uh, and, of course, whenever you get new equipment, there's a little bit of an adjustment period, learning your distances and all of that stuff. But this could be frightening. Like, he is so good before with what I would assume are pretty unforgiving, uncomfortable irons to play with. And now he's got updated, good equipment. Whew, could and, be lethal. And you know what? The other thing, too, is I was when I was thinking about it, I'm like, I know Jesse would be up for it. Like he's he's a very calm guy, doesn't get excited a whole lot, and and but I saw the fire last year because I was I I had picked Jesse to lose against I think it was playing he was playing Pat and I had had Pat winning every single match and I remember the morning of of Tempest when the episode aired Jesse calling me at like six thirty in the morning and he's like you pick me to lose every single match like <laughs> f you mike f you like i want to show you and he he, he won he won he delivered a, a few. not in singles but he did deliver yeah so i think there's a fire in him there so i think he would be yeah. a good captain but yeah, yeah he seemed like a, a genuinely thought, right? a genuinely good guy too so yeah. yeah no i'd be open for that i you know i try to think of other people who would be potential captains i know like I personally think Scotty McDougal would make a great captain. I do too. I think it would be amazing. I just don't know who to match him up against. Like, I think you could make an argument that he could match up against, like, a Derek or a Bruce. I know Scott would say he's just a little bit above those guys, um, but I think you could still get away with matching him up. And and for the record, Bruce and Derek, I never said Scotty was above you. I just said Scotty would say that he's above you. He would feel that way. Um, and I think that's true. Again, Scotty, right into the podcast. What's the podcast email again, Mike? I want to plug that for our listeners. Yeah, it is Tales from a Teapot 21 at gmail.com. So that's Tales, Tales from a Teapot 21 that's at right. gmail.com. So actually, the email is going to come in handy in a, in a, in a, in a minute or two because there's something else that, you know, that I'm kind of excited to talk about for this year. Oh, it's huge, Mike, huge. Right? So, so big. Um, so the, I guess we'll, we'll segue into it now because we've brought it up and mentioned it. But one of the things I'm looking forward to this year is seeing what guests and, you know, who's going to be able to come on to our, on the show and who we can interview <laughs> again, right? Because oh, Mike last likes year, his guests. Last Mike year, likes his guests. Last year we were able to get... <laughs> Doug Breen from Golf North. And Golf North, we talked about this before. Golf North has been a huge part of our tournament. They've helped us out a number. For the first four or five years, we were at Acton. And then the last three years, um, last two years, we were we needed a course because you know Dune, Dune Valley couldn't deliver. And uh, Dundee stepped up. So Golf North has been a, an integral part of our tournament. And when Doug came on, we had a really good chat with them. And earlier this year, I reached out to them and said, "Hey, you know, we like to, we like to, you know, promote Golf North, you know, golf and property some more. Is there anything that you guys can do?" And they were kind enough to offer 
some passes for us to give away to our listeners. There so, we go. You know, and you I like think free I, golf, I'm, people. I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about that. That's that was really generous of them to do that, and mm-hmm. I think it will be fun to have some contests that our listeners can write in. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the first one is because we don't know, right? We, do you have any idea what kind of contest you want to do? No, so I don't. I mean, I have a couple ideas, but to be honest, they're not great. Like when I start brainstorming, you know, you know when you have a really good idea and kind of the ideas I have are kind of like, eh, I don't know, I could take them or leave them. So if people though, who are listening have a good idea, we want to encourage you to write in your idea. What should the contest be for Tales from a Teapot? And how should we give away these passes? So write an email. And the first winner is going to go to the person who has the winning idea for the contest. So yeah. you write in to Tales of a Teapot 20, Tales 20, from a teapot 21 at gmail.com. There it is. <laughs> we'll put a link in the description for the podcast as well. So write in your idea for the giveaway contest. What should we do on here? What kind of fun contest should we have? And whoever has the winning idea, who has a good idea for a contest, you're going to win the first pass. It's a pass for two people um, for your green feeds, right? And yeah. they're all, I think there's five different courses that they give us passes to. They're all in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. Yeah. So, you know, pretty close to those. I know we have listeners in London and we have listeners in the GTA, so not too far. Um, and it's free golf. And, so and you know what? I, we've advantage. got listeners, like we're global worldwide, Jay. So <laughs> yes, for, those, are, for those of you from overseas that would like to travel and play a course uh, and, you know, in the KW area, if you need accommodations, let us hook, let us know. Maybe, maybe we can hook you up with something. <laughs> okay, no, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, though, all kidding aside, Golf North, you know, like way to come through for us. This was absolutely huge. We're super appreciative of that. And uh, we look forward to, you know, going this year to another one of your venues again. So um, absolutely. And yeah, so I'm super, super thankful for that. So Golf North, if you're listening, well done. Yeah, just in general and what they're doing, right? Again, they're making <clears throat> golf accessible. Um, I know that they've, you know, t- they continue to ac- accumulate more courses in their portfolio. Uh, some of those courses in the past have been private. They're now open to the public. And I think the more public, accessible, well-priced courses we yeah. have access to is the best way to grow the game, right? So uh, kudos to them. They're doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Thanks so much for the giveaways, and we look forward, and we'll keep uh, pumping you up on this uh, podcast as well, because uh, because we we do appreciate what you're doing. So, Michael, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up what we had for the intro. I know that we didn't talk a lot of Tempest related stuff. I mean, a little bit. We talked a little bit of cabin scene yeah. stuff, but we thought it was important that you know we've been off, we've been away for a long time from the podcast, just to kind of catch up, tell the listeners what we've been up to. Uh, invite you to join in on Golf Quest as well uh, and check that out. And um, we're looking forward to season two. You know what, Jay? It's so good to be back. It is so good to be back. I love it. It is good, Mike. <laughs> it is indeed. And I am really looking forward to the content that we'll be able to bring to our listeners on our podcast and also to the content that 
you're going to deliver on the YouTube channel. So, and you know, we can to, to be able to kind of merge the two of them kind of together in in some way. I think that's awesome, and uh, I'm excited. So, uh, yeah, and I can't wait. I can't wait for the captaincy thing to be revealed. I, I mean that that's going to be huge. I really like the the Jesse and uh, Marcel idea. Now yeah, that, now I know. That I, you know, now that I talk about it some more verb like else, I really really yeah. like that. As long as they're in for it, we've had a couple other good ideas too, where we've reached out to guys and they're like they kind of shied away from it. And we've talked about that in the past, and it was kind of like, oh okay, you know, like you're not into being the captain, fine. But we thought it would be a great matchup. So I agree with you. I think it would be a great matchup, but whether or not they would go for it could yeah, be a different story to, we'll find we, out we have some work to do ahead of us we do indeed so uh that wraps up our show jay thanks again for all of what you do uh, i look forward to our next episode and very quickly mike I sh- we should probably just say if you want to be considered for that contest make sure you write in uh within a week of this episode dropping so when you see the release date for this podcast Within a week, make sure you've written that email with your idea for the contest for us to uh, consider it. If it goes past a week, we won't be able to consider it because we'll probably be recording another episode by then. Yeah. All right. For sure. All right, All right. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. Talk to you soon, buddy. On behalf of Jay Friesen, I am Mike Najati, and you have been listening to Tales from a Teapot. Tales from a Teapot is produced by Michael Najati and Jay Friesen. Our theme music, Funk in the Trunk, is provided by Silverman Sound Studios at silvermansound.com. 